Welcome back to the 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show. My name is Ty Jackson, and we have a great guest for you today. DraftKings Chief Business Officer Ezra Kucharz joins 76 Capital Managing Partner Wayne Kimmel. Hope you enjoy today's episode. U.S. Integrity is a technology and data-driven analytics company monitoring for match-fixing, game manipulation, and other unethical or illegal betting-related irregularities. U.S. Integrity's mission is to help grow the legal, regulated sports betting market by providing solutions that ensure sports betting integrity in every play, every game, and every sport. U.S. Integrity partners with a number of the largest professional sports leagues, such as the NBA and collegiate conferences in the U.S., and has licensed sports betting operators as valued partners, such as BetMGM, Betfred, and Caesars. For additional information, please visit www.usintegrity.com. Welcome back to the 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show. My name is Wayne Kimmel, managing partner of 76 Capital, the sports tech venture capital company. On this show, I interview top sports entrepreneurs, athletes, and executives who are truly shaping and many times changing the overall sports industry. Today, we're going to talk sports betting and much, much more with my special guest, Ezra Kuchars, the chief business officer at DraftKings. And make sure you follow Ezra on Twitter at eKuchars. Ezra, welcome to our 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show. Wayne, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm a big fan of this show and uh, I watch and listen all the time and uh, really excited to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to finally be called up to the big leagues to do this thing, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Well, I'm excited to have you on the show and you know, our whole team at 76 Capital you know, was really excited about this. And just a few weeks ago, we had the great Brent Musburger uh, on, on our show, and it was great to kind of flip the mic on him and, and ask him questions. And as you know, uh, Brent was one of the founders with Brian Musburger of VEASAN, the company that uh, we were investors in and, and you acquired back in 2021. Uh, that was a really exciting moment for us and hopefully for you guys as well. And I'm excited to hear you know your thoughts on that deal and where things are going in the future of VEASAN. You know, we uh, we're really excited about this acquisition. Um, it's been it's been fun, and we've done some amazing things, and, and it's been uh, foundational in our you know really getting moving in, in a media business. And you know, it, it's been one of those things where it's allowed us to go faster, and the quality of the content's amazing. And so. I think, you know, as you move forward in the coming months and years, you'll see some other new and interesting things we decide to do with VEASAN and uh, and in the media space. So we're really excited to have them as part of the family. Well, that's great to hear. And, you know, we were so excited to do that. And it was, you know, we'll get into a little of this later in our in our conversation, but it was great. You know, you know, another one of the board members with me at VEASAN was Dan Mason. Um, your background, working with Dan back at CBS, uh, must have been been fun putting that all together. Yeah, look, I, I love Dan. Dan, uh, you know, I had an interesting situation when I was at CBS. I had uh, three bosses, and Dan was one of the three of them for a while. And uh, I love Dan. Dan's been a great friend and mentor for years. And, 
you know, Dan is always trying to stay, you know, ahead of the curve and, and come up with new and exciting things in the media space. So it's always great to kind of uh, be in and around Dan and everything he's working on. So at DraftKings, as the chief business officer there, you know, you're responsible for a lot of the the big deals and the big things that are happening over there. And, and I've heard you and, and Jason and talk about you guys wanting to be the Amazon of sports. Can you share with what that with us what that means? So when, when you look at sports fans, um, there's lots of different ways that they spend money, right? And right now we, we touch on a few of those things, right? We, we have a very large and sizable daily fantasy sports business uh, that's been been around for a while and um, it does does really well for us. You know, we have a sports betting business that is, you know, live in 18 states and is continuing to grow. You know, we, we added three states this past year or I should say this recently. And, uh, you know, I, you know, we have a iGaming business, you know, that's in fewer states, but, you know, great casino games. And then we've launched, uh, you know, an NFT marketplace um, that is at its early stages and it's been a lot of fun. And then a media business, which, you know, we, we mentioned earlier, you know, vsin has been kind of one of the, the anchor or foundational pieces of it. And, um, you know, when you think about sports fans, they have a lot of different things they do. And so as we approach the marketplace, we want to be a place where sports fans can, you know, have a little fun, you know, um, and the entertainment value of kind of playing daily fantasy sports or sports betting or, or, or I gaming and, 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 you know, NFTs and, and, and media. So the idea is really, you know, to, you know, help fans who, uh, you know, love having skin in the game. And, you know, it's that sports fan experience that's not lean back, it's lean forward, right? And it makes things more engaging and more exciting. And so we, um, you know, we intend on, you know, continuing to do new and innovative things to help grow, uh, you know, f uh, fan engagement as well as, you know, uh, revenues for our business. You know, you know, I think one of the things that's interesting about what you're doing uh, at DraftKings is, is really helping to mainstream uh, sports betting and, and bringing, you know, into the to the regulated markets and, and doing it the right way. And um, talk, talk a little bit about that in the sense that, you know, we're and where do you sort of feel where we are within the uh, within the industry? I mean, a lot, you know, there's there's this sense from from us now you sort of use the the opinion at 76 capital here like we we truly believe we're at the very very early stages of this overall industry and there's so much opportunity for new innovation and, and and new opportunities and new ways to to really build the overall sports betting business um you know how, how where do you guys feel you you are right now Oh, I, I think it's really early, right? I, I think it's really early in the industry here in this country. And I think, you know, there's an exciting, you know, exciting time to come where we're in the, we're in the early stages of this, where there's going to be product innovation. There's going to be innovation in fan engagement. It's, I think you're starting to see broadcasters get a little bit more comfortable in doing some more interesting things and engage fans more. And at the end of the day, um, you know, this is about sports fans kind of staying engaged and having that lean forward experience. So you're just starting to see some really cool, you know, product innovation 
you know, uh, whether it's micro betting, live betting, you know, uh, the guys at Simple Bet do a really great job and we work with them. And, you know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of, you know, other things that are coming that, you know, will, you know, allow fans to get as involved as they want to or don't want to, right? If you want to have a lean back experience and just watch, you can. But if, you know, if you're somebody who loves competition and wants to kind of lean forward, I think that's, you know, that's going to be here as well. You know, on a personal level, I mean, you know, it must be must have been, you know, really unbelievable for you to see, you know, being involved in the in the media business and the sports world and sort of seeing how sports betting has gotten so in, so much integrated into the overall business. I mean, I remember, you know, I was I was talking to someone the other day and I was telling him about, you know, back in 2018, David Purdom from ESPN said, you know, asked me, you know, what I thought was going to look like the future was going to look like. And I said, there are going to be tickers out there on Times Square where you're going to see the, you know, the lines right underneath the NASDAQ stocks, you know, the stock prices. And, and at that point, you know, he was like, like, are you sure you want me to print that? That's kind of crazy. You really think it's going to be that much out there? And now, you know, we, we see now, you know, live, you know, sports betting in over 30 states, as, as, as we talked about earlier, and the growth of this. I mean, are you, is this surprising to you uh, as someone who's so involved that things have moved so quickly, but we're still so early in the industry? You know, it's you know, I'm, I'm, I have the benefit of many years. Uh, I'm, I'm old, and um, and I, you know, and having uh, experiences like, you know, I can think back to you know, I think it was 1979 or 1980. ESPN launches with a sports cable network, right? And then you kind of fast forward to 1995. I believe it was 95. Like you have this. Uh, second wave where this thing called Satchel Sports launches and Total Sports, which was my company, launches. And Satchel Sports eventually became ESPN Zone and ESPN.com eventually. And, you know, she had that second wave where, you know, it became about the web and, and audio streaming, you know, Mark Cuban and, and Todd Wagner at, um, you know, at the, initially called AudioNet and then became Broadcast.com was also around that same time. And then, you know, you, when apps started coming, that was kind of the next wave, right? You had this app infrastructure. And, you know, eventually the next phase was is, or has been sports betting, right? And really kind of seen this wave. And now like a, 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 a new wave around, um, you know, call it uh, Web3, NFTs, tokenization, which will kind of touch on everything, but but the thing that you you see across all these things is it's innovation occurring in products across sports, and it's really been going on now for about twenty five years, right? You know, without if you don't include the launch of ESPN Broadcast, right? Uh, if you include ESPN Broadcast, you know, it's been about forty years, you know, and so what's what's happening is you tend to see trends in tech and products usually happen first in sports, right? Sports fans tend to be the most ravenous, most loyal, most engaged. So you're starting to see these things kind of play out over time and it comes in one wave after another. You don't, you don't typically have two or three things on top of each other. There's usually a little bit of spacing right now is a usual uh, is an interesting time because you got betting and then you've got, you know, kind of the tokenization or, you know, you know, 
inclusion of uh, different types of crypto, uh, specifically on NFTs coming in. And so I think we're still at the very early stages and, you know, you go, I don't know, 10 years in the future, uh, I think your viewing experience at home is going to be very different than it is today. And it's going to be a very gamified experience where you can do a lot of things while you're watching a game. Can you share with us, you know, what you're at, at DraftKings right now, what the NFT strategy is and, and what, what you're doing at this time? Yeah, you know, I, I, we, we launched the marketplace uh, last year. Um, it's been a, uh, a marketplace that, you know, we have curated with our partners at Autograph. Um, very, very specific, you know, NFTs that are, you know, released, you know, periodically within the marketplace. People can come in and they can resell it and, you know, uh, you know, within our marketplace. And what I would say to you is, I think, you know, we have some interesting things coming up in the, you know, in the next, uh, call it six months. I, I'm not going to actually share them today because it'll, it'll ruin the surprises. But, you know, the idea is like, you know, we've bought in and, and you've seen our announcement with the NFLPA, right? We're going to have a, you know, a, a tokenized, um, you know, um, DFS style game that'll be, you know, done in conjunction with the NFLPA. And we're really excited about that. And so, Lots of interesting things, and you know, or, or it's a lot of fun. You know how how does it work? I mean, how do you balance the you know the, the huge fantasy business that that DraftKings had, um, and then and now the sports betting side of things? How, how do those worlds work for you and and the team at at, at DraftKings? I, I think it's it's a different use case, right? And you know, I, I think. People that like playing fantasy sports continue to like playing fantasy sports. Like I'm in some private leagues with some friends and I enjoy, uh, you know, I enjoy uh, beating them most weekends, some weekends, not so much, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a much different user experience than, you know, me playing a bet against the house. And um, you know, the other thing you have to remember is if you're playing in like public daily, daily fantasy games, like you can enter a contest for, you know, as little as 25 cents usually, but, you know, let's say a dollar or $10 and you can win a million dollars, right? If you, if you're betting uh, $10 on, you know, um, you know, I'll pick on the Sixers cause I know you're down in Philly on the, the Sixers to win. Um, you're not going to, um, you're probably not going to win, you know, a million dollars. You're probably going to win like 15. And uh, it's just a different use case, and and both are fun. Both have different um, kind of skin in the game perspectives, but uh, you know, I uh, I enjoy them both, right? And and I don't think either e e neither is going away, right? It's just a different set of you know, uh, it's a different opportunity and use case for consumers. So I've read a lot. Um... Of, of articles, um, even some books about the the and, and and fortunately have gotten to know you know your your partners at at, at DraftKings and, and Jason and, and your team there. What is it like you know working with with Jason and Paul and Matt and, and the rest of your team? I mean, tell us about about these guys. I mean, they were they were true pioneers from the DFS perspective, and and now you know you guys are out there as as one of the 
certainly one of the leaders in the world of sports betting today. Tell us about these guys. So I, um, I don't say this lightly, what I'm about to say. Um, this is the smartest group of individuals I've ever worked with. And I worked for NASA for a while. I think you, I think you know, when, when I got out of the Army, I, I was a mission controller for about four years. And um, this, by far, is the smartest group of individuals I've ever worked with. They're also very, very like strategic in their thinking. And as a, as a company, we're biased for action, right? We, um, we try to go out and seize opportunities. And, you know, working with these guys has been amazing. And what I love about it is uh, I learn something every day. And I don't say that like in a kind of cavalier, cliche sort of way. I, I literally do learn something every day. And um, you have to, um, you have to, you know, be thinking about things, you know, from a growth mindset. Otherwise, it, it just doesn't work. And um, it's hard, right? Like, you know, it's not for everybody, right? There are people that come from legacy businesses that, you know, have a certain pace and a certain um, culture that, you know, DraftKings isn't, isn't, you know, isn't that, right? We have a challenge culture and, um, you know, it's one of the great things is, you know, anyone and everyone can challenge, you know, kind of what we're working on. And, you know, it, it's got to be done in a way that it's a challenge, not a confrontation, which is a very subtle point. But, you know, our founders, you know, are amazing guys and they are, are really good at looking at a situation and understanding it really quickly and then formulating a response and then, you know, we move forward. Right. And that can be everything from, you know, how do we approach a new sport to, you know, how do we, you know, partner with somebody. So they're great. It's been fun. What made you personally take the leap to go from, you know, a big, big company like CBS to, to jump in with, with these founders. Um, so, it's interesting. I, um, I was, uh, you know, I, I ran a division at CBS. Uh, you know, I was, I was, I reported or I was reporting to Les Moonves. Um, and you know, when the decision was made to sell CBS radio to Intercom, which is now I think called Odyssey, um, I, you know, I went to Les and I just had like a frank discussion with him. Like right? it was approximately, two thirds of my portfolio that we were going to sell. And I just said to him, I was like, look, it's probably time for me to go. I don't, I don't really necessarily want to work in local TV, nothing, nothing against local TV, but two thirds of my portfolio was going to end up leaving the company eventually. And, you know, I, you know, I'd done well at CBS and I was thinking I wanted to go back to being an entrepreneur. And, um, you know, I had left about a year later, like I spent a year working for Les and Joe, uh, you know, at the corporate level. And, um, you know, I left about a year later and was doing some consulting. And I, literally, I was fishing one day and I said to my wife, I was like, you know, I think I need to go back to work. Like I'm an, op I'm an operator at my core. And I knew some of the board members of DraftKings. Um, you know, DraftKings was one of my large clients at CBS. Um, had a, had a cup of coffee with Jason, uh, then, you know, 
proceeded to interview for like the next month. And then a month later, I'm, I was there and uh, no regrets. I, I, I've kind of managed my career like Forrest Gump. There's like, there's no, there's no master plan, right? I just work hard, uh, try to do the right things always. And what ends up happening is, you know, opportunities pop up and it's not because I'm, you know, I, I gotta be honest with you. I can't tell you the last time I looked for a job, right? Like I usually people have approached me and, um, you know, and asked me, would I be interested in, you know, leaving wherever I had been to go somewhere else. And, and coming to DraftKings was like kind of the first time in a very, very long time I reached out to somebody saying, Hey, I'm thinking about leaving, you know, or in that case, I'm thinking about, you know, getting off the sideline and going back in. So that's kind of how I ended up here. Well, you, you talked about how the, the founders and, and Jason, you, you, you learn something new every day from these guys, but what are some of the, their, the character traits that they have or some of the things that as, as entrepreneurs, because a lot of times on our show, we'll talk about, you know, to entrepreneurs who are, are creating businesses and wanting to be the next Jason Robbins. You know, they, they look at him, oh my God, I want to I be that, that guy. What are some of the things that he does that are that are so special and magical that have been able to create what what DraftKings is today? So uh, you know he um, his problem solving and analytical skills, I, I, I you know they're fantastic, they're unbelievable, right? Like I've never seen anything like it. And one of the things I love about him that he's like me is he's relentless, right? And when we want to go do something, we figure out a way to go do it, right? And we are, that challenge culture um, is amazing, right? It, it is one of those things where we do what's right for the company always. And, you know, when people say, oh, well, I want to be like Jason Robbins, right? It's like, there's only one Jason Robbins, right? But um you know, it is um, somebody who, you know, his quantitative and analytical skills are second to none. He's a great people person, you know, um, both inside and outside the company. Um, we are, as a company, biased for action. So, you know, you, other people, you'd call it relentless. Um, and it is, you know, it's exciting and fun. Nerd Street is a national network of esports facilities, content, and events dedicated to powering competitive opportunities for gamers. The company provides opportunities for gamers of all ages and skill levels to participate in esports tournaments, camps, private events, and more for a wide variety of video games. Learn more at nerdstreet.com. That's nerdstreet.com. So, you know, we all are hopefully now getting to the end of this, this global pandemic and man, it was, it, it was tough for everybody. And, and I think that, um, you know, you, you and the other sports betting operators were rolling out your business in the midst of all this, like literally starting to put, you know, uh, open up mobile on the mobile side, as well as on the physical side all across the country in the middle of this crazy pandemic and where you were able, weren't able to even be in the same office as many times as 
have, as the whole, having the whole leadership team together to be able to do this. What was that experience like and, and, and how did you guys get it done? So, uh, you know, the other things I, I, you, you didn't mention, which are really important, is we went public. Yeah, and we, right. and we, did, we did a couple offerings in the middle of all this, right? Like I, uh, and, and we, we made some pretty large acquisitions in the middle of all, of all this. So I, um, so, so how, so how did you do all this? It's unbelievable. Um, it, 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 it took a lot or it takes, we're still not out of it yet, but we're getting close. Uh, it takes a lot of planning. It takes a ton of communication, right? Like, because we're, we're scattered all over the place, right? Like I, I live outside New York, the, the company's headquartered in Boston, but people still aren't going to the office. So I could be in Timbuktu as long as I can be, uh, you know, on a zoom. And so we've just been super deliberate in kind of our approach and we are very clear in our communication and we try to keep people engaged, you know, that aren't maybe necessarily in the same place that we are. And it's worked, it's, you know, don't get me wrong. I think people are ready to go back to the office, right? I think people are, um, a little, uh, you know, ha have a little bit of zoom fatigue. I, you know, I certainly do. Um, and I think it's just one of those things where, um, companies that decided early on that this might be the new normal for a while and really focused in on how to operate in this type of environment have done well. Right. Um, groups that have just kind of taken a cavalier approach haven't. And, I'm, I'm proud and I'm happy to say we've adapted and, you know, we are a great um, organization today. We're much larger than we were, you know, when we came into the, the pandemic and, and, you know, we've, we've managed to onboard hundreds of people without actually going to the office. That's amazing. I mean, one, one of the, the individuals I think is fascinating that I remember when he joined your team was Johnny Avello. And, you know, a guy who was a legendary sports book, um, you know, bookmaker, joining the, the upstart digital techno technology first, you know, DraftKings. What was that like bringing someone like that on, onto your team? I, I, I love Johnny. Johnny's a good friend. And Johnny, you're right, is a legend in this industry, right? You know, he was the, uh, you know, when people talked about like guys that ran the you know, these major books in Vegas, he was one of the guys that people would talk about. So for me, I, um, you know, I early on, and I still do, but early on, I spent a ton of time with him. Why? Like I, I'm a media and tech exec, right? Like I, I'm, I, you know, I have a, I happen to have a bunch of engineering degrees, so I'm, I'm good with quant. Um, and, um, I spent a ton of time with him just kind of learning the way he's operated for you know decades and just getting smarter about stuff. And every time I get to I spend a little bit of time with him during a Super Bowl weekend in LA, and even there, I you know, I learned something. And um, you know, it's one of those things where he has been, you know, a mentor, a friend, and a colleague. And you can't ask for anything more. And, and he's been that way for many, many people within the company. Now, I have to ask, you know, your your opinion on on what's happened, you know, so far in New York. 
and and how with mobile sports betting opening up in New York and does, do the the over two billion dollars wagered in the first couple of weeks is that surprising to you or is that what you and the team directors had expected? So you know, I, I've got to, I'm looking down at some notes here. I'm going to just give you some some factoids. Um, you know, it's been great, right? So in the first 24 hours, um, it took us 24 hours to acquire 100,000 first-time bettors in New York compared to 17 days in Arizona, 170 days in New Jersey, 312 days in Pennsylvania, and 344 days in Indiana. So you can you can tell it's pretty good. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, I think we're in the early stages of this thing, right? It, um, you know, we, we like where it's going. I, you know, I think that, you know, we, you know, I, I think we would be able to do more in the state if the tax rate was lower, but, you know, one thing at a time right now we're engaging fans. They're excited. They're having a good time. And, uh, you know, that's, what's important. Well, I mean, New York, one of the big ones, right? Massachusetts has yet to go, right? Florida, Texas, California. Um, you know, I know that you and many of the other operators are, are working in all different ways to try to open up some of these, these, these different states. And, you know, I think it's just, it, it's going to be, it's going to be unbelievable to see what happens next. And, you know, our, it, let's just, you know, you look out in the next couple of years, you know, where do you, where do you see this all going and how, you know, is it, will we be at a place where it's over 40, 45 states that, that have sports betting? You know, where, where, where do you kind of, when you project out, what do you think is going to look like? So I, I, I typically don't do projections because trying to predict what the government's going to do in, in local state governments is uh, really hard. And it's really a um, it's a tough, uh, tough situation to kind of say, like, I think this state or that state's going to go. Right. What, what I will say is um, it benefits states in so many different ways. Right. But first and foremost, the tax revenue that can come in and, you know, help whatever programs they put it against, whether it's education, homelessness or whatever, um, are great for the state. The other thing is the consumer demand is there, right? Consumers want this. And, um, you know, it is, it is one of those things where you, you think that in the coming years that, you know, many, many more States will, will come, you know, never goes as fast as we, uh, we hope, but you know, this has been, it's a pretty good start. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things I, I, I always use this example of the the DraftKings ad at Lincoln Financial Field at the Eagles games. I, I, I loved your ad because it said, you know, DraftKings, bet in your seat. And, I, you know, when I first saw it, it was like, yeah, well, of course, you could bet in your seat on your phone. But I think for many, many people still, it's like I can I can engage in the game. I can bet on my favorite player, my favorite, you know, my favorite team and do that, you know, from your seat in the stadium. This is not the way that you and I grew up. That wasn't how you did things. I mean, it, you know, we won't talk about how some of the 
I'll talk about myself, how I used to bet, you know, then, but I mean the same way, but now it's like, you can actually do it in a regulated, safe fashion in your seat on, you know, on mobile. I mean, these are the types of things that I think that ha- are still not a hundred percent in the minds of, of the, of the, of the consumers, especially and, and, and sports fans in general. Look, I, I think there's still a, just a very small fraction of the population that's engaging in it. Right. I think there's m- much more to come. And I, I, you know, you're right. I think people at times forget their phone works everywhere. And, um, you know, I, I have two teenagers and I certainly see the phone works everywhere because they're, they're on social media at all times, no matter what's going on. Um, but, you know, all joking aside, um, I think it's, you know, I think it's about the entertainment value of what we're doing, right? We can make, like when games get silly, right? When the Eagles are beating somebody by 40 points, right? Which happens every week. Oh, um, man, we wish. Right? Uh, you know, I think that, you know, some people might get a little bored watching the broadcast or being in the stadium. In-game betting keeps them engaged, right? So I... um I think we're at the early stages of this and over time you'll have more and more of the population doing it. Well, as we start to wrap up our 76 capital sports leadership show, it's, 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 it's really, first of all, thank you for joining us. It's been really great having you on the show, but I got to ask you a couple more things. And we we were able to, you know, touch on a little bit of your background. I mean, working at NASA, I I mean, I had to ask you to like, what was that like and how did you end up working at NASA? So um, I had just gotten off active duty in the Army uh, in the fall of 90. And um, what was crazy about it is um, Iraq had invaded Kuwait. And so I was on alert to go over, but I was ready to start my civilian job at NASA. So I went down to... I had a professor from undergrad introduce me to somebody and I was a a medical mission controller. And um, so I had somebody from undergrad, one of the professors introduced me to the person that runs that program at NASA. If I, in complete transparency, I was a horrible student as an undergrad. I was asked to leave Boston university at one point. I said, no. Um, But long story short, um, I guess I interviewed well. And I got the job, right? And, you know, I eventually worked my way up there in four years where I became the head of all medical training that astronauts get. And I have some great photos and stories of like training the cosmonauts that eventually, you know, when the space shuttle docked with the uh, Mir space station in, I think, 1995, I was training the crew in 1994. And, um, you know, it was uh, an amazing time and fun, but, you know, this is like, you know, one of those things where, um, you know, eventually, you know, it's a government job and you're, you know, I think my fourth year there, I was making like $36,000 a year. And uh, I decided to go off to Duke to go get a, a PhD in uh, biomedical engineering. And uh while I was there, I started a business, you know, a sports media business, and I haven't looked back since. So kind of a, it's a one of those great jobs. Um, you know, I still have a ton of friends there that are 
you know, it's always interesting when you're young and, and working somewhere and then eventually the people you start working with at the same time now are the senior leaders in NASA. It's kind of kind of funny. So NASA, Duke, total sports. How, you know, what, what made you go create that business? So in, uh, I, I ended up at Duke in 1994 and I was doing my PhD research in this new thing called the World Wide Web. And, and it was like how the World Wide Web, um, uh, you know, is used in medicine. And literally, I had a buddy that was in grad school at the same time as me, and I casually mentioned it to him. I wish I could do in sports what I'm doing in medicine. And uh, that buddy's name is Quinn Snyder. He's the head coach of the Utah Jazz right now. He was a grad assistant on the Duke team. Uh, he was working on his JD MBA. Next thing I know, like two weeks later, I'm in Coach K's office explaining to him what the World Wide Web is, um, you know, that he needed to be on it, the athletic department needed to be on it. And, um, you know, long story short, um, I started a business, the athletic department and coach hired that business. And, um, you know, we built websites for universities and, and newspapers. We, we built the sports sections as newspapers. And uh, we grew that into a fairly large business, and uh, we sold it in late 2000. Uh, to we sold it to some guys, and probably the wrong guys, but that doesn't that doesn't matter. I learned a lot, and that's how I got in the media business. It's all by accident. Do you have a similar feeling? Because you know we we have a, a kind of a, a similar background in being in the in the tech world in in the late 90s and, and early 2000s, and and you know, I, I always say I have a similar feeling about what was happening at that time and now what's happening within the sports tech and sports business industry um, because of how much innovation is occurring uh, in and around the world of sports today, whether it's sports betting and just the overall tech side of things. Do you feel there's a similar thing happening here with, with sports as to what was happening at the time when, when the web was and the Internet was first happening? Yeah, no, I think it's very similar right now. I think the only difference is I think sports organizations, athletes, brands are much better at managing their IP than they were, you know, 25 years ago. 25 years ago, I, you, you know, certain organizations, teams, leagues, brands, whatever, wouldn't manage their IP as tightly as they are today. And that that's not a negative, right? I, it's just, you know, people have IP and, you know, they they, they own it and they should. And so I, um, I think every 10 years or 15 years, you and I can come back here and we'll be saying the same thing, right? There'll be some sort of new technology, new product that'll be leveraging these great brands. You know, we talk about tech and, and as, as we start to wrap up here, a couple quick questions I wanted to ask you, you know, this, you know, you, there's the, the world of sports, you know, the, the tech players are just now really starting to show their cards and starting to move into the world of, of, of sports in a big way. What do you think there's going to be the, you know, you, we talked about, you're not, you don't love projections that much, but do you have any, do you think that any of the, the big tech players out there will really do something big this year in the world of sports in 2022? I, I think they already are, right? I think they all, you know, um, 
you know, what is it? Amazon has got Thursday night football and some other things. And, uh, you know, I think Apple is kind of always rumored to be doing things. Uh, Facebook, you know, I'm not sure that they believe in sports other than fandom, which is okay. Um, you know, they did do some live broadcasts, I think two years ago, and I'm not sure they're continuing that program. So I, I think, you know, big tech is looking at sports and trying to figure out, you know, if you think about big tech, for the most part, it's a direct response business. Sports tends not to be a direct response business. It's more of a brand and affinity business. And I think uh, big tech is just trying to figure out that balance. That's at least my, my prediction. Well, look, I mean, again, thank you so much for, for joining us on this show. I, the last thing I have to ask you is, you know, your, your relationship with Coach K and relationship with Duke, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. This is his last season. And, you know, how do you, how do you feel about that? And, you know, you, you guys going to bring Coach K over to DraftKings next? Or what's what's, what's No, going no, on? like, you know, I, I no. Um, you know what? I think Coach is going to go retire. Like, I haven't spoken to him about it. Um, what I would say is, um, you know, he's a guy, when you think about it, and it seems so simple back then, but just giving me a chance, he changed my life. And it'd probably be like, a, a, you know, a professor somewhere teaching, you know, biomedical engineering or, or maybe back in NASA. And, uh, you know, he changed my life by giving me this chance, he and Mrs. K. And, um, you know, I think, you know, um, I'll certainly be at his last game at Cameron. It's Duke UNC game, March 5th. Um, really excited to be there. Um, but it's, you know, it's a changing of a guard, right? It is um, something that always, always eventually happens. And, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, he and his family made a decision and it's probably, it's definitely the right decision for him. And so I, uh, I look forward to, uh, you know, I look forward to his, uh, his last game at Cameron and then, you know, seeing coach Shire, um, you know, step in and, you know, take the reins for the future seasons. Well, Ezra, thank you so much. Again, Ezra Kushar is chief business officer of DraftKings. Thank you so much for joining us on our 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show. All right. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks for having me and uh, look forward to uh, you know, catching up soon. Absolutely. Thanks again. Fifteen M Media specializes in helping brands, personalities, and influencers build their reach through social media. They provide end-to-end podcast production, content creation, and social media distribution. So if you are looking to build your brand's reach and engage with customers via multimedia production, reach out to the team at Fifteen M Media today at info at fifteen mmediacom Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of the 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show with 76 Capital's managing partner, Wayne Kimmel, interviewing the Chief Business Officer at DraftKings, Ezra Kachars. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Looking forward to welcoming you back next week.